Welcome team. When I first met Danny Green, I called him the CEO of his own company. When I say I called him that, it's not it's not what I said to him. It was my first impression. You get one first impression, and my first impression of Danny Green, the boxer, was he was like his own CEO. He knew what to do. He knew he wanted to build the resources around him. That's why our initial meeting first happened. And he really wanted to do it and he gave me evidence how bad he wanted to do it by explaining what he was willing to do to build a team around him. He obviously knew how to fight. He knew what to do. He had the resources as far as his own skills and tools and I guess you could say his his main tools were his fists. But at the time of meeting him, he was building a coaching team around him. He was willing to search the world for the best coaches he could find. He told me he was going to be world champion and he ended up becoming world champion and what a ride and what a privilege it was for me to be a part of that. There's so many stories I could tell you about this guy. So many, so many memories. Probably the best memory would be the fight against Roy Jones Jr. where there's a bit of a saying that we, we, we talked about. Those who work the hardest are the happiest people. Now, the happiness after that fight is hard to explain. I don't think I could ever put into words even just the happiness of his team. Being in his team, the happiness, but just Google an image of Danny Green after beating Roy Jones Jr. and you will see an image that represents that quote, those who work the hardest are the happiest people. Privileged to bring him on the show. When we talk about Get The Edge, if I could ever let you spend some time with this man, he, I, could, I could have him on this show 10 times. This could be episode one, and we still won't get where we need to go with this guy. He's inspired many other athletes for me. I've exposed other athletes to him and his work ethics. He's now very successful in the business world. Here he is. I can't say much more. Let's bring him on. Danny Green, thank you so much, mate, for being here. This episode of GTE is brought to you by Pain Away, Australia's number one joint and muscle relief since 1999. Find out more at painaway.com. How good, Greeny, look at us. Scarborough Beach, I remember coming here for one of your fights. We stayed just where the New South Wales team is today. Rendezvous Hotel. Your home too. It's changed a lot, mate. First time I came down here was was nine. Because I grew up three k's from you. Yeah, right. Two k's from you, but it's changed a lot. But um, and used to when I started surfing when I was twelve, and that was it. Found found surfing and found this beach and and somewhere in amongst girls that, and somewhere in amongst that, you decided you liked fighting as well. I had some good memories. I mentioned to someone that. Because one of the staff, he's flown over here, his baby's come over, baby's first ever flight. And I said, you know what, my first ever flight with my baby was about six months old and I come here to have a party with you. And I flew my wife and baby to party because we just won a fight of some sort. So really good memories coming back here. But now we're here with the New South Wales team. And what was your first impression of the boys today? Like you spoke to the players, you took them to the gym, 12 round fitness. Probably the best energy I've seen out of our boys. We box every camp, but today was something special. What did you feel like? What was your impression of the boys? 
as I said earlier when we were having a chat, I've, I, I just been around a lot of athletes in different different sports, and um, you know, room full of stars from rugby league. Sometimes there's a lot of. Sometimes you might get the odd bloke who goes just might elevate themselves a little bit, but I didn't smell any of that today. Yeah, room yeah, full yeah. of blokes who want to win for each other, who yeah. want to win for the Blues, want to yeah. win for the people. Yeah, That's yeah. what I smelt, you know, bunch of bunch of young bucks just ready to just being held back, ready to go. You know, they didn't come up with a with the biggies on game one. But I could smell a lot of camaraderie. So I smell a lot of camaraderie, mate. I love hearing that from you because you, like you say, you've been around a lot of sport for a long time. I mean, you've been on Olympic teams yourself. You've been, you know, you've been in teams in an individual sport, but you know how to judge a person's character. I don't think there's a better sport to judge someone's character than yours. And you know how to judge someone's character. And I really love hearing that. That's what you thought of our players today. And then when they were training, I was just so keen. There was a lot of laughs, which I love. You know, I love that, mate. Yeah, I love yeah, working yeah. hard. I love busting my balls and just, you know, going hard to the next level and then going again and going again trying to get to the next level. But I love having fun. I yeah, love cracking yeah, jokes because that's what makes it fun. Yeah. You've got to enjoy it. And today, I really, I really smelt that enjoyment from the boys. There was laughs, but they were all putting in. And when I got on the pads, I think they kicked the gear. And just dropped it back in the fourth and you know yeah dropped it and the revs went up and it was unreal the boys were just my hands are still shaking a bit because of the you know the, taking the so many powers. punches yeah 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 nah, i would have taken i would have had thousands of punches in that 45 minute workout yeah yeah and yeah. the boys were all putting in and there was just, you know what that's that a really good feeling in there it's a really good feeling i hope they can take it out well i'll tell you ground. what I've, I've told a lot of stories about you before me and you worked together for many years. We went through a few world titles. They're always highlights of my working career as part of your team. But I tell stories that your energy, whenever you walked into a gym, it's contagious. Now, I don't know if you remember, I had all sorts of different athletes. I had rugby league players, track athletes, all sorts, where I would deliberately get them to train around the same time as you because you just were, the energy was contagious and infectious. Your intensity when you trained was like at another level. Now, I want to know- like, We had was, some good times, mate. Oh, we had some good times. Was that, was that, uh, I mean, cause the other thing is where I always say, enjoy your work because it shows. It we shows on, on the, these We wrote boys, on the wall. We man. wrote on the wall. Enjoy your work, <laughs> it shows. You're in the prime of your life, yep. remember? And our mission was to enjoy every single day. But there was enjoyment, but then there was an intensity that I don't think anyone else, it's hard to describe in words. So this microphone, the intensity you trained at. What happened when you just like flicked the switch whenever we trained? Like you come in happy, energy, you used to bash me up now and again. Um, but then once it was time to train, the focus was unbelievable. Where did that come from? <sighs> I don't you know. don't know. I don't know. I mean, mate, you had a great I'm, young I'm trainer good. when you were younger. Um, oh, Paddy. Pat. Pat. I, I, did he instill that, or did your dad instill that, or where did it come from? Oh, excuse me. I think I've always known that my old dad instilled this in me. You don't get anywhere without hard work, and no one's going to give it to you. Yeah. And I realised that I kind of try. I always prided myself on being a hard worker. 
yeah. maybe it's maybe it's an egotistical thing for me for my behalf maybe it's yeah. my ego going I want everyone to know that I'm the hardest trainer in here so maybe it's maybe it's yeah. a selfish egotistical thing I don't know but I didn't think about it I just when it was time to work I just I loved what I did yeah. you said love what you do that was yeah. your mantra love what we do and I, I loved it mate even when I was hurting and I didn't want to do it and I was feeling crook I had broken ribs I had two broken bones in my back still went hard up and down that oval for that five minute yeah, test you know yeah yeah I, I tell you what how like it's funny now but when we first got together you were trying to prove to me how hard you would work and I almost had to show you oh okay well, I'll work you harder and I never knew, like, we were working that hard. I didn't realise that then you would go home, have a little rest, have a sleep, have a feed, and then you would go and do the hard on. work. You would go and spa that night, and then you'd come and see me the next morning, and then the cycle went, and we ended up burning the candles at both ends. Mm. And that was because you were showing me that you wanted to work harder all the time. So we learned a lesson there. Well, we you, you, you and Cat were new. Yeah, we learned. You know, and lesson. I was like, "Yeah, I'll show these boys." <laughs> and then you throw me, yeah, you keep throwing it, and then I could, and then I knew that you were like, "Oh yeah, I got a, I got a, I got a racehorse here that can go and go and go." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we learned because in the end, it, and, and and that was in part my fault because I should have, I should have been smart enough to go now nah, or drop the intensity, but. Yeah. I'm, I'm just competitive, mate. And um, I tell you what, I re- always remember, and I tell a story about Jared Hayne. So, he was about 17 at the time, Jared Hayne, and he was, he was going, he was training with the part-time group of a night-time, and me and you were about to go to work, and we saw him go to his car. And I'd heard mixed reports about him, you know, doesn't train hard, doesn't do this. So I said, I said, uh, Greeny, we're going to grab this, jump in. Freddie, no worries, mate. Good kids, mate. Good kids. Great blokes, mate. That's that a good set. I really enjoyed that tonight, yeah. mate. It was unreal. I if you need anything when you're here, mate, let me know too, buddy. Right. This this is a podcast exclusive, Brad Fittler. Brad Fittler. <laughs> he's just singing. There's like a little duo going on. Oh, he started serenading me, but I, you know, I said, come on, <laughs> not, the, not the time, mate. Dale not the place. Dale <laughs> anyway, I'll see you before you go. I'll see you. I'll see you the next couple of days, right. Freddie. Thanks for having me, mate. See you soon. So, so. This Jared Haynes story, I remember it because I'd had mixed reports of how he trained. So I saw him go to his car. I said, Haynesy, don't go. I need someone to help me wrestle Danny Green. His next opponent in the ring wrestles a bit. So I made out to him I needed him. And then I went to you. I said, mate, I need you to test this kid. Put it on him. You I set wanna... us up. Yeah, I set you both <laughs> up. And then what, what I love, though, out of that is you, you said to me at the end, this kid's a winner. Like, he'll... You put him in a situation one-on-one, like he might have had mixed reports of his training ethic, but you sent something in him that he's a winner. And I went home and I rang the coach, the head coach at the time, Brian Smith, I said, mate, Danny Green knows character. He said this kid's a winner. Smitty put him in the full-time squad straight after that. And then his career- <laughs> Rest is history. Did. Rest is history. But you sensed a bit, you sensed something in him. And I then got to see that for many years after. Like, if ever you wanted to compete with him at whether it be table tennis, lawn bowls, fighting, whatever, one-on-one he wanted to win. Mm. He still ended up having mixed reports of his training ethics at different times. But he did extra work behind the scenes. He studied his opposition. He studied his heroes. He studied guys like Andrew Johns, Billy Slater, Darren Lockyer. Like, he studied more than anyone and that was a trait of yours too. You studied fighters. 
Like when I hear you talk about fighters, you respect the past and you you could rattle off any fighter, their style, their like. Advice to young kids now, because they get caught up playing games and doing stuff on the phones and if you want to be the if you want to be the best, you got to study. You, you got to be a student, right? <laughs> My Jared Hayne, going back to that quickly, snatch. He um he copped him. He copped it up there in the field, and I was pretty. And you said give it to him. You know yeah. it was dark, it was cold. He was a big, strong kid, mate. But he didn't know his strength, and so I was able to throw him around. But he got up every single time. And you said, hey, give it to him. And I was yeah. looking over, and you, you were kind of like, give it to him more. Yeah. So I give it to him more. And you said, you told me you wanted to test him. So I tested him. Yeah, he <laughs> wanted to play first grade rubber league for the Eels. He got to need to test. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was pretty ferocious. I was smaller than him, and, and, but I, was, I knew what I was doing. I knew my strength. Was he, and he was way stronger than me, but he yeah. didn't know it. He grew, he grew into that, and he learned that strength because he was a super, super yeah. athlete. But towards the end of it, he was picking me up and slamming me. Because he started learning, he, he picked right. up. He picked up. He picked up that, that 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 skill of how to get away or how to do it to me. What I was doing to him for 15 minutes, yeah, very yeah, quickly. Yeah, he picked it up. And then I was like, "Yeah, this kid's got this kid." I got remember something. I gave you another kid once, and he had the big fuzzy hair, and you just grabbed him by the <laughs> hair, and you said, "Get a haircut," because that's that's like a. a I forget what you said, but that's a weapon for me. I'm going to, you know. So I got yeah. fooey fooey upstairs. That's right, fooey fooey, and you punched him, and yeah, no punching, no punching. No remember? punching, yeah, no yeah, punching. Yeah. He's right. a champion, fool. So tell me, one of the greatest ever nights, I'll talk about it forever, the Roy Jones Jr. fight. Like, the reason I love it, I love it so much because nobody else said you could do it, but the belief in your camp, which I was privileged to be a part of, was so powerful. Talk to me some of your memories. Like, I could tell a million stories about this fight, but the preparation and even the mind games you played with Roy Jones, that was that was some uh, story. You know, that's a great story. <coughs> Mate, um, he is the first guy to stop Jeff Lacey three months before we fought. Two-time champion Jeff Lacey, big puncher, and he toyed with him and made him look second rate, which is not an easy thing to do. And then three months after I fought, four months after I fought Roy and beat him, he went 12 rounds, lost, but went 12 rounds with the pound for pound king then, Bernard Hopkins. But I think Roy Jones will go down as a, as a, as a, a better star than Bernard Hopkins in the future. That's my personal opinion. Was he eight-time world champion, Roy? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and, and was heavyweight world champion, light heavy, super middleweight, and middleweight. And uh, Olympic silver medalist, but everyone knew he won the gold. It was disgraceful. So one of the things, as you know, mate, I like to enjoy it and have fun, and you know, yeah. The, the press conference, uh, we all we wore suits because I like to respect the sport and roll up in a suit. And my brother, my trainer Angelo, I think you yeah. did too. Yeah, yeah. Had yeah. a suit, you were there. We all wore suits. Yeah. The same suits, I think we wore. Yeah. But I said, let's wear thongs. So we wore thongs with the suits. <laughs> so right at the press conference, the biggest, biggest, biggest press conference for boxing in yeah. Australian history, and. Um, I rolled up in a suit and thongs. Yeah. Just kicked back in thongs. You know what? You've got to enjoy it. You know? And you, can't you, did take the, it too you did the Crocodile Dundee. And then the yeah. Wayne. Yeah, yeah, the, the Wayne. Wayne and, yeah, the Wayne. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a... Uh, excuse me, right? It was... <clears throat> it's just a... I just felt like I'd been lit up with a million volts of electricity when the referee stepped in. I could see the referee about to step in because my peripheral vision's obviously on. I'm going bomb. And I'm unleashing as many as I could. And once I hurt Roy... I knew that I could not let this man get a split second. So I was, I was hitting him with hammer fist. I was tapping him on the side. I was hitting him with crusties. Any chance I'd get the forearm, any chance once I dropped him, 
and hurt him. Want any chance I could get to keep that brain rattling to keep his equilibrium rolling around to keep him concussed. I had to because he was so fit. And one thing I'll never forget, when Roy was gone, but he was so fit and experienced and strong that I was unleashing body shots that were nearly cutting him in half and he was going I could hear him groaning and he was hanging on whereas most men would have fallen by then mate. most good fighters would have fallen but he was groaning and hanging on because his pride and his just his will his champion kept him up and then I could see when the referee was right there and I was thinking to myself at that time time just stopped 18,000 people going going nuts but it was all shut out because I could hear Roy, and I could hear my fist hitting him, and I could hear his, I see his face going, I could just see his eyes rolling, and I could smell. I'm literally five seconds away from the best victory of my career, and a dream come true, and a dream how it was happening. I'd hardly even taken any shots, and the referee's right there, Howard Foster was right there, and I was like, my God, this is actually happening. And yeah. I've gone, bop, bop. The referee's jumped in and I'm going, boom, I just knew I had to keep his head doing that one because the ref, because he couldn't defend himself. Yeah, yeah, There was yeah. still a minute left in the round, so I was gonna, he was going to be knocked out. I would have yeah. knocked him out, yeah. which he didn't need to because he couldn't defend himself. Yeah. He wasn't throwing punches. Yeah. 46 unanswered punches. So, yeah. man, and then when he stepped in, turned around. And, and you so, turned. Put my hand fishing up. It's like, <laughs> man. Was, well, I remember I was... I wasn't in your corner. I was in that front row there, right next to the corner. And it was like a race to get in the ring. It was the most excited I've ever been at a boxing event, of course. But, I mean, winning the Origin Series last year with Freddie, like, when he walked out the tunnel, I gave him the same hug I gave you, I reckon. Like, but uh, I remember I remember sitting with you when we watched Roy and Jeff, Jeff Lacey. Like, we were sitting in that front row, and in the sixth round, he was just going, ba 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 and he's looking at you. You want some of this, Granny? ba 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 And I had goosebumps, and you were just sitting there smiling going, how good is this? Then you jumped in the ring and In the back of out. my mind, I wasn't going, how good is this? In the back, <laughs> I might have been going, yeah, how good is this? In the back of my mind, going, far out. But then I always, I refer to me, me three rules. Do you know what to do? You know what to do. You know how to fight. Do you have the resources to do it? Yeah, you got the tools. You got the skills. You had the people. Do you really want to do it? And, mate, the hunger you showed leading into that fight, even the amount of times I saw you and H practice that punch, like that wasn't, there was no lucky punch to that. I watched you study it, I watched you study him. You used to live, you used to camp out, you'd sacrifice your family for six or seven weeks and stay at the Star Casino at the time. Sitting there living and breathing Roy Jones for about two months, I watched you do it. And, and yeah, it's hard for me to put it into words, but for the people listening, like there was no luck. No, there was no luck to that. I loved how you frustrated him too. You brought him over, treat him like a king, sent him back to America. When you come next, you played a few little tricks and mind games. And when he came out the first, when he came right. out, when he came out for the press conference, when he actually arrived for the fight, which was about 10, 12 days out, me and H, me and Angela Hyder, we finished our press conference. We got out of there early because all the press wanted to speak to him, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And then when we walked out. There was a limousine waiting there. That's right. And it was his limo. I said, come on, H, let's take it. Let's go. Let's take it. Said, yeah. All right, let's go. Because, you know, Hyder, he's yeah. up for anything. Yeah. He's yeah, the best. Yeah. I said, H, let's go. He goes, right here. And the bloke goes, no. And he's an American guy rather than the limo. He goes, yeah. no, man, this is, uh, this is Roy Jones and his team's limousine, man. You can't take this. I said, no, no, it's okay. He knew who I was. He goes, sorry, boys, you can't take this, Mr. Green. I said, no, Roy, it's okay. Roy said for you to drop us back to the, to the hotel in the city. And then, because there'll be another half an hour, 45 at least. 
Yeah. He, got, he said, Roy said, it's cool to drop us back to the city. And then he'll come back and they'll be ready to go. He goes, oh, okay, sure, boys, no worries. And he took we his took car. took his limo. <laughs> he didn't know. He came out 10 minutes later, limo's gone. And then you played the game on fight night. You let him go out in the ring early. You let him get cold. We were in the change room. Camera crew's coming in. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. And you went, <clears throat> hey, boys, land down under. I've heard this song a hundred times. It goes for four minutes. And I remember you held your fist like that because everyone was trying to walk down that tunnel. And you went, boys, wait. Make him wait. And I remember that tension in the crowd. People didn't know if you were even coming out. It was like a wedding where you're waiting for the bride to come. Is she actually coming? People didn't even know. And then, bang, you come out, this smile on your face, just loving it. He was in the ring frustrated, cold. Getting cold. Getting cold. cold. We had a big argument for That's months right. going back yeah. and forth. Who's going to come out first? Like, Roy, I'm the champion, man. I held my line. He was going to, you know, threaten to not fight. It's like, I'm coming out, you know, Roy's, I'm the man, I come out second. I said, Roy, I respect that. I did, you know, I was talking to him, so I said, Roy, you know, on the phone to his manager, McGee Wright. I said, I respect, I respect what Roy's saying, but I'm the champion, fights in our country, we're promoting it. It's yeah. a co-promotion, but we're, we're, we're taking the risk here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as it stands, I'm the champion, so it's a no-brainer, it's non-negotiable. Yeah. So I held my line for a month, and they goes, rightio. So then, the beauty of having the, 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 the walk out second is you could make them wait the ring and Roy had done excuse me Roy had done it heaps of fight times to other fighters where he was a champion he walks he makes them wait he's like hey are you going to get yeah, a bit so of medicine here Roy he not many times did Roy ever walk to the ring first yeah. but because he was in the position where he was the challenger for my title and, and that's the way it was but you know Roy Jones is the legend and I, and yeah, I almost yeah. felt bad doing it but I had to do it because that's yeah. what you got to do as a fighter right, and the celebrations were unbelievable the next day we were by the pool, we got pushed in the pool, the press is everywhere. Photo ended up on the back page of Telegraph. You could see the back of my head. Oh, I still had a bit of hair, but you ripped a chunk out that time. And it was that photo that day that made me go, you know what, Hayden, you've got to shave your head. You've got to let it go. The Devon. The Devon was like... <laughs> it landed, mate. A, a camera it from, stuck. from above in the water with thin hair. Any receding <laughs> blokes listening to this, they know what I'm talking about. It was that photo that made me shave my head. I bit, but, a, bit, a bit of chunk of his hair out one day at training. He grabbed him and went... <laughs> ripped a hunk out. <laughs> That's what I can blame. See this here, it's only because of Greeny. Now... Shiny. Okay, so um, just two last things. You mentioned the word respect the sport. I always tell any young athlete to respect their game. Because you once said to me, if you disrespect boxing, you get hurt. Like, it's the same in any sport. If you disrespect your sport by eating junk or disrespect your sport by taking a shortcut or, like, it's a great message, but none more powerful than in the fight game because you actually get hurt. I think you wrote that in your book. It's, um... Yeah, I, I don't. I, I didn't. I'm, I'm nowhere near the greatest fighter ever, and um, I'm just. I'm just proud that I was able to be recognised for a bloke who worked hard, who fought hard, and who prepared most times meticulously, and and respecting the sport of boxing and the people that you know come to see me fight by giving them the best I could. Not on the night, not just on the night, but in that six to eight week lead up, and then away from away from when I wasn't fighting, looking after my body. You know, been a, mostly. You know, I enjoy beer in between fights, but I go long times without without a beer. And and I, I'm I'm proud of you know that I was a I was a, a real professional fighter, and I you know I'm a pretty old school professional fighter. And then yeah. 
I see young some some young guys that today that they don't get it. They just don't get it. But then I see some young kids who really get it. The Maloney brothers, they get yeah. it, man. They're 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 they're, they're throwbacks. They're pros. Mm. You know, there's a lot of young kids. You know, Jade Mitchell, another young young Victorian kid. He, you know, there's so many good. I, I, I don't want to. I'm sorry if I missed so many names out because there's so many really really good young fighters that are real professionals that get it. Yeah. And to me, I'm proud that I was able to do that. Like I can look back and go, yeah, I, I never shirked it. I never cut any corners. I did the best I could with what I had, and then and then and then some. But I was always um, I was always a professional. Well, you respected the sport by all that, all of that, and I see it now in your business life. So I love watching it from afar. I mean, we used to spend a lot of days together. I don't even see you anymore, but but I love following from afar. You you live that way as a pro, as an athlete, but now you're living that way in business. I mean, you made millions in the fight game, but you've obviously still got some marbles up there because. You're going pretty good. You had us today in 12-round fitness. I mean, you've got other business interests, I'm sure, which you used to set up back then. But you live, are you living the same in the business world as you did as a fighter, as a pro? Excuse me. I try to, mate. I try to, yeah. But <clears throat> fighting was what I absolutely loved. Being a fighter was just something that I, I wish I could have done forever. <clears throat> I fought on a lot longer than I thought I was going to. But that was, I was able to fight, I was one month off turning 44 in my last fight when I beat, when I beat Chuck in Adelaide. And I How like, old were you? I was one month off being 44. Wow. 43, 43 years and 11 months old. And you had your and last fight. Still yeah. fighting. And you, you know, lost it. I was fighting, and before that I you know, was fighting, fighting younger men, I was fighting younger and bigger men. Yeah. You know, 39 I was still, still fighting pretty well. 38, 39 I was still fighting good fights. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. For, for my, for me, I was yeah. still performing pretty well yeah. against very good fighters, world yeah. champions. So, um, you know, I, uh, I I look back and and and, and realise that boxing was the thing that I loved. I love the gyms. I, it was a natural progression to move into the gyms because it's what I know. It's what I love. Yeah. Keeping fit, keeping healthy, working hard inside the gym, and trying to. And I actually really enjoy building a community within those gyms. So people yeah. bringing people together. Yeah. And in our gym, in the gyms, obviously with the Greenzo Fitness over here in Perth, two of them, more so the, the the franchise I've got that I'm a partner of that we've built called Twelve Round Fitness, sixty four open around the country, and we've another twenty open by the end of the year. It's going really well, but knowing that we're building communities within that and making people feel good, become more be confident, oh, become confident. Mate. I've been watching and and I've been here and I love the concept of Twelve Round Fitness. I've, and now I've felt it today with our own crew. But I'm just loving the story that very soon there's going to be 80 open around the country. Before we know there'll be 100, you'll be in America, you'll be in New Zealand, you'll be in the UK. I just love it. <laughs> I yeah. love seeing what you've done. I can't believe you didn't get me in on this. Look at the future, mate. We're looking at the future. We're going to talk. But uh, I've also learned a lot, mate. I learned you a lot from yeah. you and cat my yeah. team and 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 they loved our time together and we'll and that's times we got forever yeah we'll be yeah, wrong yeah. about those times and those things when we're hopefully when we're 80 years old yeah. i'll be older than you so hopefully you i'll still be around well there's still a poster of you on my wall at home and it says 2h prom of our lives 
Yeah, Hopefully and, we're and roaring about that. Belt, you know? Roaring about that when yeah, we're yeah, older. Yeah. But I learned from so many people, and, I, and yeah. I, in business, in sport, in life. Yeah. So yeah, people, yeah. you know, say, "What's your recipe?" And, I, and, and or "What's your what's your secret?" And whatever it is, and I'm not the most successful player in the world, but I think the success that I've had in in my business and sport and life, yeah. and I've had plenty of failures, and I'm failures, and, I'm, and I'll, I still make lots of mistakes. But uh, I listened to my old man. He said, "Surround yourself with good people." I've been lucky to do that. That was the number one thing I took from my old man. Surround yourself with good people. He didn't make it up, but it was something that he really instilled in me. And um, and and I learnt from people, and 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 really listened. I listen to good people, and I take the good of what I take what they say and pick apart what they say, and out of respect to them, and try and emulate how or what they've done mm. to a degree. I've also got my own ideas, but I, I I like learning from people, mate, because you know I. Got so much to learn, and so many people out there have got done such great things. And so I look at them, and I'm inspired by them. I go, man, I'd love to know what how he ticks, and, and might help me. And then I and I enjoy also passing that information on to other people. Mate, I this is gold. I absolutely love. I've done a couple of these podcasts where I tell people, talk to someone older. Now you don't even know this, but I had a player once that was really struggling in life with something, and I ask you to send him a message. And you told him, surround yourself with good people. And now you're telling me that's come from the great man, Snowy. I mean, I loved your old man. I didn't get to spend as much time with him, you know, because only during the odd fight camp we see him. But the wisdom I ever got sitting and having a coffee or a chat or a beer occasionally, would have a beer. Surround yourself with good people was what he passed to you. You passed to a player in need that I needed help with. And I How use the he? same line. How is he now? It's good. 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 Um, actually, there's someone recently reached out and I give him the exact same line. And it's come from your old man. I love, I love what you just told me because that's advice I give to a lot of people. And we did a podcast recently, Matty Ryan, the soccer is goalkeeper, who came to visit the Origin team in camp. And he said his advice was the same. Listen to older people. That was his advice. There's yeah. no school like the old school, mate. Yeah. And I tell you, so we'll, we'll finish up because your, your kids are waiting patiently for us. And uh, Surprised they're waiting patiently, mate. But you did mention one thing about learning lessons. The fight game, what I experienced with you was when there was a win, your change rooms were unbelievable. There was times where I was, I was on your team and I couldn't <coughs> get in the door sometimes. You know, like it was that... I remember one night we fought in Melbourne and me and Kat, we basically struggled to get in your room. So he said, stuff this, let's go to the bar. We'll meet Granny later. Like that's, when you win, everyone's patting you on the Everyone back. Everyone loves a winner, mate. Now, when I've been in your rooms when you've had a loss and there's about two people in there, only you know how to deal with that. And I'm sure in business, you're going to cop a loss now and again too. Already have. Got, have you got any advice to people there because yeah, that was a real interesting thing I noticed in the boxing game. When you win, the amount of people that were flocking to you, and when you lost, mate, there was one fight I remember. Clearly, you're in the corner of your change room like this. It was like the loneliest place in the world when you lose. I was pretty lucky, mate, in, the, in as far as that. I, yeah, I did have, obviously, less, but I didn't really like a lot of people in my rooms after the fights anyway, unless I knew them very well. Yeah. So the people that were in those rooms, 85% of them should have been there. 15% yeah. of them 
This one night in Melbourne, the fifteen percent were there. There might have been sometimes. And you know, cats like sometimes. Yeah, cats like he's as dry as a bone, mate. He's the best. So, Craig Catterick, mate, miss you, buddy. Yeah. Um, He. they were only 50 percent that time but mostly yeah. it was, was people that i wanted there for a reason because they're, they're they're close to me they're, 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 they're who i want in there yeah but i was lucky even on 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 in the times i lost there was a really strong core of people who would always be there yeah so that one time you saw might have been unique because i remember after you know i lost five times at pro yeah and those five times yeah the rooms were far less but yeah. the people that were there were always there and they're going to be there at my funeral yeah yeah, and that's mate. who I yeah. want there. Yeah, that's right. That's all you need, mate. Yeah, and you had a real family feel. Like, that's what the other thing I love. Your manager was your best mate who you grew up with, you trusted with your life. Your other corner men were your mates from school, maybe, I brother think. You know? Your brother. Yeah. Your brother was there every time. Your dad was there every time. You know, you always give your wife a mention after every fight. Like, it was, there's was a real family vibe. And I think you learnt, because... You didn't always have that team, did you? You had other boxing teams, but when I come on board, your team was family. When I went home, when I cut ties and went employed, engaged Salas and you guys. That's right. That's when I was able to really take control of what I was doing Yeah. and who I was surrounded with and who was with me. So yeah. from mid-2005, that was when I really took control of my own career, my own destiny, although I was in charge of it pretty much from what was going on from early, like 2000, end of 2002, I staged my own promotion here in Perth with yeah. Green Machine, with, with Molly yeah. and Mick and Pauline yeah, and yeah. Locker. Um, but uh, yeah, that was when I really took over what was going on. And that was when, you know, the change rooms were, before the fights, <clears throat> there wasn't a great deal of people in the rooms. It was only yeah. people that yeah. needed to be there, that I wanted to be there, that made me feel relaxed. Yeah. Well, you became, I always tell people, you were the CEO of your own business. You became, when you took control, you owned everything. And respect to you, because sometimes it's hard to juggle the business side and the actual, hey, I'm the fighter too. Like, it's tough. you were juggling the media, the marketing, putting on shows, risking your own money. Like, you were, I got a lot of respect for that area there. Like, because um, somehow you, got, you managed to throw that aside and just really close to a fight become the fighter that other times you're probably struggling to juggle it. You know, like that's, that's, a, that's a real uh, thing that I respect, is that you were your own boss. You took control of who you had around you. Sometimes and it was to my detriment, mate. <coughs> but yeah. that's, you know, that's, that's the path I took, mate, and um, I wouldn't change it. Oh, yeah. I might change a few things, but not really, mate. I was, lucky, I was lucky that I had, and sometimes the people that were in roles or that around me, probably weren't the people that that probably could have done better jobs or whatever it may be but they were the people that I wanted there yeah and they were there purely for the right reasons yeah they you were trust there them. only for them yeah, yeah. so only for yeah, me only for you not yeah, for them yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so I was you trust them with your life trust them mate implicitly yeah. trust them so I was I was very blessed to have that mate yeah and that was that was that come from my old man yeah he had good mates around him he had good people around him, he had good people around him. Yeah. So yeah, I was lucky, mate. Lucky to, to learn from old men. And my mum too, you know. Oh, taught sure. me a lot of things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, mate, I could talk to you all night. I'll probably do another intro later and tell stories about you without <laughs> you being here. That um, might but, not be true. <laughs> he, might but, have, he, might have put a, he might put a bit of GST in him too. GST, but, you know, like, thanks. Thanks for uh, the chat. Thanks for doing <clears> the work with the with the boys in the New South Wales camp. I had a thoroughly enjoyable time. I loved it, mate. Yeah. I was jumping out of my skin. 
I was I was loving that stuff, mate. That was that was that's fucking unreal. It man. gave you that it was, rush again. It did. It it gave me a pump. It gave mm. me a pump to feel the energy, to feel that, to feel that anticipation of being victorious. Yeah. And then to to, to, to serve it up to Bong at the end of it with all the boys screaming and yelling, you know, <laughs> having fun. You know, it was is just it's, yeah. that's what sports about. Yeah, Enjoying right. the moment. Yeah. If you can't enjoy it, what's the point? Yeah. I love it. Thanks so much, mate. Legend, mate. Good, Good to man. see you, Snatcher. Good to see you. This episode of GTE is brought to you by Pain Away. Australia's number one joint and muscle relief since 1999. Find out more at painaway.com. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of GTE with Hayden Knowles. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review to help grow the team.